How is everybody doing? My name is Cena, and I am back for Talk Too Much MMA, episode number Michael Jordan, <clears throat> 23, uh, welcome back everybody, it's another week, another dollar, um, big, big week as we get um, started into another week of Talk Too Much. Of course, we have our weekly fantasy football coverage that you're not getting anywhere else because no one does it like me. But we have, of course, UFC 243 this weekend, and I know you guys love these predictions, so <clears throat> I'm going to give you these predictions. Uh, we also have talked too much hoops, which I'm very excited for, debuting in about two, three weeks. So I know this is probably going to be the most hype NBA season ever. Be on the lookout to hear me talking about it, talking shit every single week um, about basketball this season um, because it's the best sport alive. It's the most poppin' sport in America, in my opinion. It's the best. This league's gonna, this season's going to be the best basketball season we've ever had in the NBA. And so I thought, what better way to debut my own basketball podcast, the sport that started it all for me, than with this season, with all the crazy trades and shit. And that's what I decided to do, and that's what I did. Um, I'm doing it with my editor, JD. So we're uh, very excited for that. But, you know, this isn't hoops yet. This is still MMA. And speaking of MMA, we have one of the most exciting cards of the year this weekend, man. And I am very excited. UFC 243, the title unification bout is the main event between Robert Whitaker, the UFC middleweight champion, <clears throat> and Israel Adesanya, uh, the UFC interim middleweight champion. Now... There's a, I'm going to start off, there's four fights I'm going to review on this card. They're the four main event fights. Before we get into this, I'm going to give a special shout out to Miss Holly Holm. She was supposed to fight Raquel Pennington on this card, and I was actually very excited for, for that fight. It was probably my, the second best um, fight on this card. I was going to predict that. I still will give you a prediction for that in a second. Um, but before I do, I'm going to warn you guys. I'm going to cover the first three fights on this card. I'm going to give you my reasoning my winners, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them, but the majority of this episode is going to be on the main event because I believe this is a generational fight. I believe this main event is a fight that will determine the kingpin of the middleweight division for the next five years, um, and I know that's a bold statement in MMA, everything changes, but I really believe these are the two best middleweights on the planet right now, and I believe one of them, if not both, will go on to be Hall of Famers and be great. Actually, I'd bet that both of them will be, but Without further ado, I'm going to start off with the card that was the fight that was supposed to happen on this card. Mrs. Holly Holm was supposed to be fighting Raquel Pennington. Now, if any of you don't know, Raquel Pennington won the Ultimate Fighter, I believe. No, no, Juliana Pena did, but she was on the Ultimate Fighter um, in the Misha versus Ronda season. I watched that whole season live. I love the dramatics. For those of you that don't know, Misha Tay and Ronda Rousey is one of the best rivalries you will ever see in combat sports. But be, uh, with that being said, that's why I first um, grew up on this girl, Raquel Pennington. She's a stud. She's a brawler. Uh, she's a grinder, and she comes to bring that work. Um, she's a dog about it, too. She's not. There's no fear, no backing down in her, and I always respected her for that. Not going to say she's the most polished fighter, but her jab and her combinations are really good. She's a monster on the feet, and I always thought she was one of the best fighters in that division. I thought her strength, she could have beaten Holly easier than Holly could have beaten her, but I thought Holly had more tools to beat her. So I think Raquel Pennington has the aggressiveness 
to go after Holly. I think she has the combinations to deal damage. And I also think she'll push the pace and has the power to actually hurt Holly. But I just think Holly was gonna has too is in too good of a camp to lose that fight. I think she would have improvised on that fight. And I'm, I think it would have been a close split decision win. Maybe unanimous decision. I don't know if Holly was knocking Raquel out, though. And I personally took Holly home in that fight when I first saw that fight. And I was very excited because Raquel's a very stud fighter. But it was a good comeback fight for Holly, which if she won, her name would still hold a lot of value and relevance in the game. But I do believe Miss Holly Holm pulled out due to an injury. So, what a shame. I thought that was the second best fight on this card. I was going to talk about that fight a lot. But it's not here. It's never going to happen. What what could have, should have, whatever the expression is. Could have, should have, would have. It's not here. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> have you ever seen the clip of uh, George Bush saying, <clears throat> You fooled me once. Shame on you. You fooled me twice. Shame on you again. Or <laughs> Point is, you don't get fooled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Golly, you got to love some George Bush. Um, shoulda, coulda, woulda is the expression. That fight's not happening. But if it were to happen, I would have ch chosen Holly Holm. You know? She's easily one of the best fighters of our generation, one of the top female boxers of all time. That was an easy pick -em in that fight. Even though Raquel's dangerous, you had to go Holly. Okay, but that fight's not happening. Now we're going to get into the first fight that I want to talk about. Luke Jumiao versus Diego, not Diego Lima from Bellator, but Diego Lima. Um, so Diego Lima is from Brazil. Very dangerous fighter. Uh, he's 14 and 7. He's racked up a couple, you know, knockouts throughout his career. His last fight was a split decision win um, at UFC Fight Night, Jacare versus Hermanson. And the fight before that was a KO win against uh, Chad Laprise. So, mind you, um, he's still 14 and 7. Um, he did not do that well on the Ultimate Fighter uh, Redemption. He did make it to the finale, I believe. I don't know if he made it to the finale. But, um, you know, he's been in a couple welterweight tournaments throughout his career. This dude is a journeyman, man. Plain and simple. This dude is not, he might have some pop to his game. He's a journeyman fighter, man. You're not going to hear me ever hype up a 14-7 and seven fighter on this show. Diego Lima. There's hundreds of guys like this in the UFC. I don't know what the point of this fight was on this card, I think the, what the UFC is doing is they're trying to promote a lot of these no-name fighters to eventually maybe one of them turns into a star or not. But the thing is, they hold so many cards a year, and they need a big fighter on each card that a lot of these cards, the depth on it, they're not going to be as good because guess what? They know you and I are still paying that price for the card. Just because it has two less good fights doesn't matter because Conor McGregor's still on the card. Habib's still on the card. Uh, Max Holloway's still on the card. We're going to watch it because they're on the card. doesn't matter if it's not as deep. But the truth of the matter is we really appreciate that good MMA um, for those deep cards. We love, love, I love, good MMA to me is three or four crazy good fights on a card. That's how you can get my blood boiling. That's how you can get me excited. So I, don't, I really don't have any, you know, I'm not really too impressed by this Diego Lima guy. A 14-7 and seven journeyman fighter, but he's fighting another journeyman fighter. And mind you, he's 30. He's fighting a 31-year-old named Luke Jumiao from New Zealand. Um, so this dude, uh, his background's Taekwondo. He's a striker. 
So I can I already like how aggressive he is. You know, he's gonna be looking for the stand up. Now I don't know if he's a technical striker or a power striker. Um more so I would lean towards technical just by watching his fights. He's not like every fighter goes for a finish, but there's nothing in his game that I saw. Um, he was fighting, I forgot what his last fight was. I, I watched this dude, Luke Jumiao fight. I wasn't that impressed, but, you know, he won a pretty handed, you know, solid decision over the guy. Uh, so in this fight, a 31 to 30 year old, two journeyman fighters, one from New Zealand, one from Brazil. One's a striker, one's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and can also strike. He's a little bit more well-rounded. Um, who do I have in this fight? I'm going to go Luke Jumiao. I think Luke Jumiao is a little bit more experienced. Um, maybe not experienced, but more comfortable. He looks more comfortable in the ring. I think that, you know what, I think what he's going to do against Diego Lima is, listen, this dude obviously wants to submit Luke or hit him with a power shot. I don't think he will. I think he's going to have a hard time going up against Luke's technical striking. I think Luke's going to be able to keep him at a distance with a jab, um, with a couple quick combos. But I really, really, really see Luke coming out of this fight. Not that I'd be surprised if he lost it, just because eh, they're two journeyman fighters. And I hate calling people a journeyman fighter because, you know, this is a career for a lot of people. And a lot of people want to do this and take this seriously. But truth of the matter is, I have nothing to say about a 14 and 7 fighter who's 30 years old. What do you guys want me to say? You want to hype me? You want me to hype him up? No. Don't think he's that good. Not at all. Um, that impressed with him however uh there is a guy i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to talk about um next and this is very big for me uh as a fan because i don't know if a lot of you know this i am half romanian and i've never ever ever had um a romanian athlete or someone from that region well in this fight the second car uh fight on this card it is a heavyweight fight between Tai Tuivasa and Sergei Spivak. Um, so I'm going to start off with Tai Tuivasa. Tai Tuivasa is big. He's lethal. He's hungry and he's deadly. He is a brawler. He throws heavy hands. And here's the thing. As big and fat and jiggly as he is, he's creative inside the octagon. He's throwing power shots at you from weird unorthodox angles as a heavyweight looking for a finish that is dangerous for anyone however just like any other heavyweights just like we saw against daniel cormier but more so tied to ivasa because he's even fatter and jigglier than cormier they don't have cardio so if my guy which i'm gonna get to in a sec sergey spivak takes to ivasa late survives the initial bull rush the initial barrage of uh, strikes he could win this fight um tai tuivasa is really good he's looking like one of the better prospects in the heavyweight division so i'm going to be very clear with you guys before i get into the other guy i'm 100 picking tai tuivasa to win this fight okay however i'm 100 rooting for my guy sergey spivak to win this fight why because he is from the republic of moldova do you know what moldova is it is the neighbor to Romania, where I am from. And honestly, I don't know that for a fact. I'm looking up what Moldova is exactly. It's a republic. Uh, it's a country. It's bordered by Romania to the west. It's a country in Eastern Europe. So this is actually the first Moldovian fighter I have actually seen in the UFC. Maybe there have been others. However, I have not been aware of them. 
my brother, Sergei Spivak, I am on board. I'm rooting for you. Um, a guy from my homeland, you can best believe uh, he will be featured on my podcast for weeks to come. But Sergei Spivak is my new favorite fighter in the UFC just because he's from Moldova. However, again, he is, I don't know how exactly, I don't know. I've seen this dude fight and he's got good knockout power and he's aggressive just like Tuivasa. I'd actually consider him a sort of a mini Tuivasa. He's had four TKOs and five submissions. He's pretty all around good. He can finish you anywhere. So I, you could look at this dude as like, you could look at this dude as one of these like up and coming dope, dope prospects. But the truth of the matter is he did lose as much as I love my Moldovians, his last fight at the Yaquinta versus Cowboy fight night. I don't know if I could take him up against Tai Tuivasa, who I also believe lost his last fight, but it was against, I do believe, Junior Dos Santos. No, it was against Blagai Ivanov in which Blagai beat him. But that was also a good fight because, dude, I actually had Tuivasa going into that fight. That's actually a really uh, good fight. And then before that, he lost to... So he's coming off two losses in a row. It's safe to say Tuivasa needs a win here. Tuivasa's 8-2. and two, He's 26. Sergey Spivak is 24. They're both knockout artists. Um, I do think Sergey could submit him. I want to choose my Moldovian guy, Sergey, but I know the danger of Tai Tuivasa, and I think he's going to turn it around after suffering two quick losses in a row. He was undefeated beforehand. Mind you, though, I would not be surprised if Spivak won. I'm rooting for him, and I'm hoping to God this dude develops into like the ultimate, ultimate superstar. Because you know what? I love my Moldovians. So Sergey Spivak is my winner. So far, I got Luke Jumiao and Sergey Spivak. Now is the third fight of the night. Um, this is the co-main event. It's Al Yaquinta versus Dan Hooker. Now, a lot of you know Al Yaquinta. He's the guy that filled in last second and fought Habib. Lost via decision. Didn't get quite like beating the fuck out of like everybody else that fought Habib. However, with that being said, he's, he's not a championship level fighter or tier one level fighter. He's another gatekeeper. Uh, he is the guy that all the number six, number seven contenders are going to have to fight to get that number one contender shot. He's the guy that people are going to have to fight to get breaking to the top three. So, I mean, this, and I hate to call people that, but it is, it is what it is. That's just exactly what he is. Um, and I love Al Quinta. you know, Conor McGregor made fun of him for being a real estate agent. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but the good for him for expanding into new ventures outside the MMA game, because, Everyone knows the MMA game is short, and you could lose it all in a split second. So the fact that he's trying to raise his floor in other areas is outstanding, um, in my opinion. So in this fight, I'm going to take a quick drink. So in this fight, we got another New Zealander, Dan Hooker. He's in the lightweight division. Uh, this He's taking on my guy, Alia Quinta, also in the lightweight division. 155 pounds. Dan Hooker, uh, again... New Zealand guy, very, 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 very uh, good fighter, uh, good finisher. He just beat James Vick um, at the UFC on ESPN in July. But let me see if I'm trying to find this for you guys. I can't find it. But the point is this, is this. Uh, Dan Hooker is a professional kickboxer. So I don't know about a lot of you guys, but Alia Quinta is a stiff wrestler. I'm going to go Al Quinta because I believe I always take the wrestler over the striker. I think he has the experience and wherewithal. He's been in the cage with Habib. He should be able to, at this point in his career, everyone, 
Al Yaquinta should be good enough to put together in his brain and figure out how to beat Dan Hooker with the tools he has in his toolkit. Um, Dan Hooker was a 9-3-1 and one, uh, pro kickboxer, so he has some good experience at, the ki- at a professional kickboxing level. That's very dangerous for a stiff wrestler. However, um, Al Yaquinta trains with Chris Weidman, Ray Longo, Matt Serra. He has the grappling. He should have the patience and the knowledge, the wherewithal to control and dominate this fight. This fight is a perfect opportunity for a guy like Al Yaquinta to earn himself some money. Let's put ourselves in Al Yaquinta's position right now. Where? Let me look up how old he is, first of all. So mind you, before we get into this, he's a wrestler. So we know how he's going to try and win this fight. He's going to try and take him to the ground. He does not want to get hit with those kicks that uh, Dan Hooker uh, throws. He's very, very... Uh, what I like about Al Quinta, and no one realized, he's very strong. And most wrestlers are naturally strong, but he's very, very strong. He has a good, good grip. Al Quinta's 32 years old. So if I'm 32 years old, I'm Al Quinta. I had a solid payday against Habib. As a 32-year-old gatekeeper fighter... Your only goal in your mind is how do I have enough money to support my family for generations to come? You're not trying to be great. You're not trying to win the championship. You're not. You're just not because you're not gonna. And I'm sorry if that's a dick move. You're just not gonna. If I'm Al Yaquinta, I'm trying to win in the most impressive fashion, fight the biggest names, um, and just maximize my monetary value while I'm still in the game. Dan Hooker is a chance for him to gain name value. He could look at it as, okay, wow, I have a lot to lose. He doesn't. Or he could look at it as, wow, I could have the opportunity to dominate this dude, look good on the national scene, look good in front of Dana White, and once my contract is up, especially that I just got done with Habib, I'm probably already in line to get another contract. My only question right now is, how high can I uh, drive up the price? And in my opinion, you know, when you're sharing a, a cage with Habib, you put yourself through that punishment. You best, be, you better have some name value out of it. You better be that guy that got the shit beat out of him by Habib. And guess what? Al Yaquinta is that guy. He's the guy that got the shit beat out of him by Habib, and now he has an opportunity to make more money. But to do that, he needs to capitalize on opportunities like Dan Hooker. Al Yaquinta, control the center of the octagon, push him on the outside, make him circle to his weaker hand and weaker foot, Faint, go for a takedown, put him up against the cage, put, keep putting the pressure on him, wear him down, take him down as much and often as you can, just keep putting that weight and that pressure on him, wear him and his feet out, you don't want to be hit by those kicks, dominate this fight, get your money, get your bag and move on, fair? Al Quinta should be and is my pick to win against Dan Hooker, please Al Quinta, do not lose that fight. Fan question from Bob37x54 Giraffe0. When is Paulo Costa going to fight again? Well, Bob, um, <clears throat> very good question. Really quickly before, uh, this question has to do with what I'm actually about to talk about. And um, Mr. Bob, he's not fighting because he's done enough to earn himself a title shot. He just beat Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero is the hardest fight in that division. He just beat him. Um, besides Whitaker, Yoel Romero is the scariest fight in that division. He just beat him. You, if you beat Yoel Romero, you should probably no question get a title shot. He's not going to waste his time fighting again. So what they're probably going to do is going to give him the winner of this. Um, so we can expect that fight to happen in about five, six months after this. <clears throat> but it's actually really funny because um, we're about to get into this, guys. And cut up this whole segment. We'll put this on YouTube too, but... You guys, we're going to get into this because this is one of my most anticipated fights of the year. 
Okay, so we have, we're going to talk about the two fighters. The Australian-born Robert Whitaker, who is probably one of the best middleweights of all time, one of the best fighters of all time, guaranteed Hall of Famer, in my opinion, the clear-cut best fighter in this division for many reasons. We're going to look into his heart. This man, Robert Whitaker, has endless heart, blowing out his knee in the first round of a five-round fight twice against Yoel Romero, both times and finishing the fight and beating him technically. What? And I'm getting mad just saying this out loud because this man has not gotten his respect. All I hear is Adesanya, Adesanya this, Adesanya that. Bro, Adesanya just beat Anderson Silva's washed-up ass and Kelvin Gastelum. Whitaker just went toe-to-toe with Romero twice back-to-back. And we're just out here acting like, oh, Adesanya easily, Adesanya this, Adesanya that. Because he talks a lot, because he has a good character, which, by the way, he's kind of corny, but it's besides the point. And I'm getting mad because this dude, Robert Whitaker, needs his respect, man. I think beating uh, Yoel Romero in an octagon is one of the greatest achievements you can do in MMA. I really, But I think beating him t- undersized is even better, and I think beating him undersized twice, technically, not a fluke, proving to the whole world they were legit both times is even, even better. And you're telling me, going into this fight, I'm gonna pick Adesanya. Before I even get into this analysis, you're goddamn right I'm picking Robert Whitaker to win this fight. I think Israel Adesanya is a stud. I think, which I'm about to hype the fuck up out of him too, and I'm gonna let you guys know why this fight is my most anticipated fight of the year. Because maybe their name value isn't crazy, yet these two guys are perennial champions in any other division if they didn't share the division. Year by year, these guys would be champions. So, Robert Whitaker, you look at his heart, man. This dude can, you whatever, you better knock him out, right? We can, we all know that, right? The, the only way to stop him is to knock him out or to literally just be better than him and beat him in a, in a decision. But this dude puts on so much pressure and volume. He's constantly moving, constantly throwing out strikes. Good at everything, can sprawl, defend the takedown, go for takedowns that, honestly, bro, like, it's kind of hard to pick anybody against him. It's kind of hard to pick anybody against him in a decision. You know what I mean? Because his volume output, output, his damage, his effectiveness, and his octagon control are all there. And that's how you win a decision. You control the center of the octagon. Looks like you're winning and pushing the pace. You actually push the pace, move forward, uh, and you deal damage. That's how you, that's, and you cons- consistently do it for five rounds. That's how you win. That's what he does. All right? He's not the best wrestler. He's a striker. But he could sprawl. He, it's not easy to take him down. His balance and flexibility is crazy. He is good at everything. There are no holes in Robert Whitaker's game. The only hole is he's an undersized middleweight. He's basically a welterweight champion at middleweight. That is the one knock I want to hear about him. No other knocks on him. Heart, resiliency, talent, technicality, everything, footwork, everything is there. No more. And now I want to talk about the other side. The next coming of John Jones, the new Anderson Silva, a.k.a. Israel Adesanya. For those of you that don't know, I do believe it was 34, but Israel has 34 amateur professional kickboxing fights on his resume prior to MMA, one of which he got brutally knocked out in. You guys should all go watch that. But my point in saying this is he's one of the best strikers we have ever seen in the octagon. He's a different fighter from uh, Anderson and Conor McGregor, you know, they were purely counter fighters. He could push the pace or counter. Um, he looks, he moves very unorthodoxly. He moves like a snake, like a lizard, like, phew, phew. 
You know, he throws weird kicks from weird angles. You know, he's just a very, very, very good martial artist, but a very, very lethal striker. Um, so this dude talks a lot. He's kind of corny, but he has the character too. He has the, you know, when he talks, everybody listens. When there's an interview with him, people listen. That's why there's a lot of hype around this guy, because not only is he undefeated, but he's talking shit beating guys and is staying undefeated. And, you know, he just always just has that personality, that flair. And, you know, us as MMA fans, we love that in a fighter. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know how I see him winning this fight. I think his striking, they're both different strikers. But as good as they both are, I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I'd give Adesanya barely the edge at the striking department. Barely. So minuscule that it won't even be recognizable during the fight, in my opinion. But since he's longer and has 34 pro uh, kickboxing fights on his record or amateur kickboxing fights, whatever the case may be, kickboxing fights in general i'm gonna go adesanya barely striking edge um i love the way adesanya's patient with his like he moves his upper body as a counter to you know his opponent's movements quite frequently while keeping his lower body stationary i saw that a lot and i know it's hard to explain i saw that a lot in the anderson fight and i was like that's a very unorthodox movement why is he moving like that because it's hard to predict and it's hard to hit him. This dude just doing things the way I like to do things in my life. The different way. He's approaching everything differently. And I really like that. Now, going into his last fight, there were some big questions about this guy. A reason I could never take him over Adis, uh, Romero or guys like Costa was because not just because he's that skinny, but we've never seen him on the ground. We've never seen him in a perilous position on the ground. We've never seen him roll go for a sub or anything. But you look at this fight, they're, they're, they're going to go at it on the feet. It's going to be a brawl. I can expect both these fighters to just throw the whole time on the feet. It's going to be a stand-up fight. And it's, that's why I think it's going to be a fight of the year candidate because these are like, it's not just two brawlers. It's two guys that not only are not scared to get it, let's go put that work in, but it's like, we're not only that fearless, but we're that good. We're going to brawl and do some crazy shit with some of the best MMA talent striking in the world. So we're about to see a technical brawl. That's why, and the last technical brawl like that that I really saw that I was excited for was John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson 1, which is rated as one of the best fights of all time. So I'm very excited for this fight. Um, and that was a while ago. I'm sure there have been more since, but that's my most notable one, most memorable one. Now, last fight, going to last fight against Kelvin Gastelum, there were some questions. Can Adesanya uh, fare on his own on the ground? Um, well, Kelvin took him down and... Boy, Adesanya countered, man. This dude was active in the guard. This dude was rolling on the ground, going for submissions, jiu-jitsu rolling with this dude. I did not think Israel Adesanya had that in him. This is a pro kickboxer gone MMA fighter. And this dude's throwing out high-level rolling on the ground, going for submissions left and right. Kelvin Gastelum didn't even expect that, didn't even see that in his game. So when I saw that, I was just shocked. I was like, Adesanya has this in his game? I said, it's all there. Now this dude just needs to improve and gain experience inside the octagon and be more, you know, calm and in control of his emotions, which I'm sure he is. But um, one thing I really loved about Adesanya in that fight besides his rolling was his heart, bro. This dude was taking damage. This dude took a fat shot. If you guys remember after that uh, fight with Kelvin Gastelum, Adesanya's face was swollen, bro. That took that his lip was like a baseball. It was a baseball on his lip. This dude took some fat ass shots, man, and he took him and kept going. He got rocked a couple times, rocked Kevin Kelvin a couple times. When they're on the ground rolling, every submission Kelvin would go to, 
Adesanya would counter for with one of his own and roll into a better position, and it was just constant back and forth. I can honestly say that was one of the best fights that I've seen this year, and it's probably going to be a fight of the year candidate. If not, win fight of the year, you know? So, as I said, I have a lot, a lot of respect for both of these fighters, um, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. I think they're both going to be Hall of Famers. I think they're both UFC all-time greats. But Israel Adesanya is just not there yet. He will be. I'm telling you all, one day he will be a champion. He is too good not to be. He is that much better than everybody in his division. His trajectory is through the roof. But he needs to improve his ground game. He needs to show us a larger sample size of it. He needs to toughen up i think he needs to put on 10 to 20 pounds of muscle man 10 pounds of muscle at least i know the cut's gonna be harder but bro you need to throw some muscle on there when you're when you have guys like yoel romero and paulo costa in that in your division and you're trying to be the best in your division and the world you need to dominate your division how are you going to beat these guys paulo costa has no respect for you as a fighter israel adesanya he said he's going to break you he said skinny adesanya that's what he calls you a toothpick he said he's going to break you I mean, as the champion, you don't really want to hear that from your contenders. You want that respect from them. You want them to say, hey, I want that belt. I'm coming for it. You don't want them to say, I can break him. He's weak, you know? So I think Adesanya has to improve his ground game, show us a larger sample size, put on some muscle, just get better, mature, grow up as a fighter. And I'll be honest with you guys, his shit talking needs to improve too. All of you are so high on this dude's dick because of his shit talking. Um, but the truth of the matter is, bro, like, come on man his shit sounds corny as fuck golly <laughs> oh no they heard it <laughs> no i'm joking um for those of you for those of you that did not know jd just farted and just now he oh you coughed yeah. i thought you went over there to cough to fart <laughs> i was like jesus man that was um so yeah he coughed but supposedly coughed um so back to this <laughs> i'm going robert whitaker he's more seasoned he has experience with legit bodybuilders in there he's technically outpointed them he's beaten them and i think him for him as robert whitaker going into this fight against a much younger way smaller israel adesanya you gotta have all the confidence in the world i mean did you not see these press conferences where Israel's just trying so hard to talk shit. Oh, yeah. He was saying this, that, and the third. Keep that same energy when we meet, bro. Keep that same energy when we meet, bro. Oh, I'm just saying all these middleweights are on my level. Keep that same energy. Bro, what are you doing? Robert Whitaker was just like, I mean, okay, I've never, I've never really talked to you. I'm sorry for offending you. Like, that's what he said. And I was just like, when I was listening to that, I, was, I, was listening to that, I, saw, I said to myself, he doesn't give a fuck. He knows he's going to beat Adesanya. Adesanya has something to prove here. He's not trying to prove anything to anybody. When I saw that, I kind of had said to myself, oh, yeah, Robert's going to win this fight. Hopefully, it's a phenomenal fight. I do think they'll go back and forth. They'll throw some crazy blows. Dude, I think Whitaker's a lot better than Kelvin Gastelum. I think he's just as much of a dog, if not more. I'd say he's more of a dog than Kelvin Gastelum, even though Kelvin Gastelum is a dog. You just got to have all the confidence in the world if you're Robert Whitaker going into this fight. Um, he is, right now, in my opinion, you have no deny, 
No denying he's a top five, top six fighter in the world. He's been out for a while with the hernia last fight he had to pull out. So maybe that'll drop him down the rankings. There's no way I can pick Israel Adesanya over him. I don't care about the Israel Adesanya hype. I get it. He's going to be a star, as I've said. He's not there yet. He has so much more room to improve. He is so much less experienced, I feel like, than Whitaker, even though he has all these fights in the octagon. Whitaker just seems more in control of himself and his and of his career right now and I think that's what all these young fighters should be doing is they should get more in control of themselves and their careers going forward because you know and use guys like Robert Whitaker as an example you know Adesanya is just trying way too hard right now in this fight and I don't think he's anywhere near that level yet I think he needs to calm down take a step back relax keep a straight face if Robert wants to talk shit which he won't because he never does let him that's not your job you're too you've kind of like Kind of like when you dig yourself a hole, you kind of have to get out the hole. I'm not saying he's in a hole because he's on a very high trajectory. Everything's going right in his life. He's very happy. But I'm saying the goal is for him to win the belt. Unfortunately, there's a guy who has the belt that's just better than him, in my opinion. Not to say Adesanya's ceiling isn't higher than Whitaker's because I think Whitaker's floor is higher than Adesanya's. He will put on a better performance more of the times. But I think Adesanya has it in him to put on a, a way better performance. I feel like Adesanya's ceiling is higher. So I'm going to go into this fight one more time. I think Adesanya has the length advantage. I think he's very unorthodox. He'll stifle a lot of Whitaker's movements with his unorthodox techniques. Um, again, the way he moves his upper body and while keeping his lower body more so stationary is very, very odd to me, yet it works. And it catches his opponents off guard. I like Israel Adesanya's kicks, obviously. Dude, they're lethal. His front kick, um, his front kick's nasty. Uh, probably the best front kick I've seen in the UFC right now. Um, and you guys could quote me on that. But as I said, he's one of the best, most polished strikers in the UFC, man. You're talking about some of the best strikers of all time. He has to be in there, not just because of his decorate, decorations and accomplishments, but because of the way he carries himself inside the octagon. He talks the talk and walks the walk. Um, with that being said, I'm not taking him over Robert Whitaker. As I said, Robert Whitaker's floor is higher. Maybe he has that once in t uh, out of 10 times performance and just rises to the occasion and just blasts Whitaker and knocks him. Very possible. Not saying that that's not possible. I'm just saying that what's more likely to happen, everybody, is that Whitaker steps his game up or just like fights his normal fight, which should be good enough to be Adesanya's normal fight. Now, my only worry in this fight is his lack of size. As I said earlier, he's an undersized middleweight while Adesanya has a very clear reach advantage. I think if Adesanya uses these, these physical advantages to his advantage... <laughs> nope, I got to stop saying the word advantage. I think it's going to be a long night and it could be some trouble for Rob, Robert Whitaker. Um, I think Adesanya needs to keep him at bay. Do not let him get into his range. Keep him at bay with oblique kicks, with those side kicks, the leg kicks. Keep throwing the jab. Keep him at bay. The goal in this fight is to keep Whitaker at bay, not let him get close in enough to get comfortable and land his usual deadly combinations. He landed some crazy combinations against Yoel Romero, and it hurt Yoel a lot. I don't want to see Adesanya taking those same combinations. So who do I have in this fight? You guys, it's very simple. I'm going to go Robert Whitaker to win this fight. Um... I think Robert Whitaker is the best middleweight in the world. Um, I think it's going to be very hard for someone to take the belt from him. So, uh, yeah, I got Robert Whitaker winning this fight, which comes on back to my uh, the guy the fan question that this dude just asked. What's Paulo Costa's next move? Well, Paulo Costa is going to take on the winner of these two, 
And if Whitaker wins, to see Whitaker versus Costa would be amazing. It would just be phenomenal. I would take Whitaker because I feel like Costa is the same blueprint as Yoel Romero, except Yoel Romero is a lot better at wrestling and in the clinch. So I'm going to take Whitaker. Um, and so against Paulo Costa, even though Paulo Costa is waiting right now on the sidelines, listen, I think Paulo Costa could also be a champion one day of this division. I think he's better than Adesanya, not as a fighter technically, but the physical advantages he has, in my opinion, makes him more dangerous inside the ring than Adesanya. Who I would take between Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa, I would go Robert Whitaker barely, just like because I've seen Robert Whitaker beat Yoel Romero twice. I do believe he could put together a game plan to beat Paulo Costa. He's that good, even though he's undersized, which is crazy. That's the craziest thing is people just need to think about how big Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa are and just realize that this dude, Robert Whitaker, did it as an undersized middleweight. So that right there, you got to throw him in go talks low key after Anderson Silva, who's the best middleweight of all time. Let's hear it. Then I'm telling you, in this day and age, the answer to that question is going to be solved soon. Not to mention the contender series has a lot of big, big, big fighters coming up who are just hella good, who are looking to make a name for themselves and who are just hungry. You know, that's what the contender series is about. And so these fighters are coming out, just winning fights, knocking out veterans. Like they could easily suddenly find themselves atop of this division contending for a title against one of these two or even Paulo Costa. So, okay. So now, really quickly before I do leave, because this episode is almost done. Dude, I know y'all saw the end of the year card, man. What? That's the craziest card I think I've seen all year, and I've said this like four times. Probably not, but the last three fights on this card are phenomenal. Three title fights, December 14th, Amanda Nunez versus Jermaine Durandamy, who, if many of you don't know, she's a stud. She's a beast. Jermaine Durandamy is a killer. That is going to be a, she's a savage. That's going to be a great-ass fight. I do expect Amanda to run through her. Co-main event for that fight card is Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Max Holloway is one of the best fighters on the planet, pound for pound, one of the most respected fighters in the game. He has had, before that, Dustin Poirier lost, one of the longest winning streaks ever in the UFC octagon. I'm going to tell you all this right now. I got Alexander Volkanovsky uh, winning that fight, surprising everybody. Um, so, um, so if you look at it, you know what I mean? And it's crazy how big this fight card is, card is considering the top three fighters in the UFC are not going to be on it. John Jones, Habib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor, top three pound for pound or, or not, uh, pay-per-view sellers. Um, and none of them are on this card. Uh, Conor McGregor, I think, is fighting at the beginning of 2020. So we can expect Keith to cover that. He's going to be very excited for that. But I will promise you guys this right now. That card is going to be crazy. Volkanovski versus Holloway. I know a lot of you, oh, Max this, Max that. I love Max Holloway as much as the next person. He's a guaranteed surefire Hall of Famer. One of the best fighters of all time. You know what I mean? In my opinion, you rank him by the end of his career. He's the best 145er ever. Yeah, right now it's Jose Aldo because of his career and accomplishments, but mind you, Max Holloway beat him twice and took the belt from Jose and defended against Jose. And he beat Brian Ortega and went on that crazy long win streak before he became champion. So they were both on win streaks, just Jose was champion. 
which I guess helps Jose because he was fighting tougher fights if you're champion, you're fighting the number one contender always. But what my point is this, Max Holloway has a chance at being the best 145er ever. Just because his resume isn't on Jose Aldo's, he's better than him and he beat him twice. So that's the only thing that's keeping me from putting him as the best uh, featherweight ever. However, I do think he'll finish his career as the best 145er ever. By the time he finishes his career, I will be calling Max Holloway the best 145er ever. But Alexander Volkanovsky is going to shock the world and surprise us and beat him. Why? Because he's a wrestler. Max is a pure striker who's a scrawny dude. He's skinny and frail and weak. He throws 60% volume power, uh, volume punches. Volkanovsky's out here sniping, looking to take his head clean off. He has the power. He's going to take him down, wear him down. I know Max has crazy cardio, but I have that much faith in Volkanovsky's aggressiveness, power punch, and hunger. I have Volkanovsky shocking the world and beating Max Holloway and taking uh, Max Holloway's title. I do. And then the last uh, fight on this card is huh, the one we're all excited for, even though those two I'm pretty excited for. Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman defends his title against Colby Covington. This is going to be one for the ages. Colby and Kamaru have this rivalry. They've been talking shit to each other forever, it feels like, even though Colby talks shit to anybody that has a belt or is in that division. But he's here for that belt. He's finally made it to that title shot after years of talking shit. He's here against Kamaru Usman. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this fight. There's a lot of drama surrounding this fight. You, you guys just don't understand how excited I am for the end of this year card. I'm going to go Colby Covington to shock the world. I think this dude is the real deal. I think he's a stud. They're both the same type of fighter. Kamaru's stronger and should have the wrestling advantage. However, Colby throws faster hands and actually throws more. And I think can deal more damage and surprise Kamaru. I think Colby's going to bring something out of his game that Kamaru's not doesn't think Colby has, and it'll surprise him, and he'll lose. So I don't I don't think Kamaru is the one to respect Colby's stand up, and I think Colby's stand up should be respected. That's just my opinion. I think Colby's going to be champion by the end of this year. It's going to be hilarious to see what the whole world does because no one's going to like it because he's going to be trolling everybody. But you know what? I respect a winner. I respect a grinder and a winner. Uh, Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman. So I'm gonna go Amanda. Volkanovski, Colby Cummington. Remember this now when I do my predictions for that show. Um, but with that being said, UFC 243 this weekend, one of the best fights of the year, in my opinion, Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya. I do have Robert Whitaker winning that fight. It's going to be a phenomenal card. I'm very excited for that. You know damn well I'm going to have my review and everything that happened, and we're going to talk about it next week. Um, I'd like to have a guest on. Not gonna announce who it is yet because I don't know who it is, <laughs> but I will soon. I'd like to have a guest on for the review for this card. Um, again, I'm gonna be very excited for this card. I'm gonna be watching this card. I know I haven't been like live on it to you guys all the time. It's kind of hard to with the way I watch it with people, but I'm gonna try my best to. I'm gonna be trying to tweet at least while I'm watching it, um, or Snapchatting something. Um, but other than that, you guys don't forget Reddit streams. Don't pay sixty dollars. Get your Reddit streams. Um, just kidding, because if I do work for the UFC, pay your $60. <laughs> um, Reddit streams this weekend, UFC 243. Make sure you watch these predictions before the card. Make sure you watch us next week for a review. And, you know, talk too much fantasy football is debuting, uh, starting, coming out again this week. I know you guys watched football last weekend, and we got Talk Too Much Hoops coming out too. So Talk Too Much is the new wave in uh, Las Vegas right now, safe to say. It's another weekend, another dollar, man. Uh, my name is Cena Palavon. And I'm out. I'll see you guys next week.